remembrance of the difficult seasons, of our darkest hours. To remember is to honor. To honor is to value. What we value shapes who we become. Throughout Scripture, God urges us to remember the sacrifices made, the freedom gained, the promises kept, the faithfulness of God. Through symbols and sacraments and holy disciplines, God has continued to urge us to always remember, because He knows what remembering does inside of us. Remembering gives purpose to our past by drawing wisdom, strength, and resolve from our pain and loss. Remembrance brings gratitude for those ordinary people who became extraordinary heroes. Remembrance strengthens community as we discover what God does through us when we are unified. Remembrance provides perspective of what God has done on our behalf in spite of our fears and worry. Remembrance reignites hope in what God will bring us through today and forever. Because God is faithful, even in our darkest hours. God is always there. Whatever we face today, whatever trial it seems we cannot endure, remember, God has always brought us through, and He always will. This is why we remember. This hour of broadcasting brought to you by TwoWayRadioCenter.com, a Motorola value-added reseller. Welcome to the Church Safety and Security Broadcast with the Church Safety Guys. Brought to you by Vigilant Impact. The Church Safety Guys is a nonprofit organization dedicated to equipping the vigilant, those men and women who stand watch, keeping our houses of worship and places of faith safe. We believe church safety and security must be a ministry first and have engaged servant leaders who continually strive for excellence and teams of motivated volunteers that are always training. Join us for the next hour as the Church Safety Guys unpack safety, security, leadership, and ministry operations with your hosts, Dr. James McGarvey and Mike Scully. This broadcast is also available on YouTube, your favorite podcast platforms, churchsafetyguys.com, and on the original Church Security app. Download it today. Feel free to like, subscribe, and share with your ministry.
Well, hello. Welcome to the Church Safety and Security broadcast with the Church Safety Guys. I am James, and once again, I am joined by my co-host, Mike. What's up, sir? How are you? It is another Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> that it is. And it's I can't believe it's September already. I feel like just yesterday it was like beginning of summer. But then I, as I was talking to you earlier this week, we're coming up on a year since our conference in October in Columbus already. Yep. And that was early yep. October. And I'm like, it's, it kind of blows my mind because it feels like it was a few months ago. That's how fast this last year has flown by. It has. And I, I have a feeling that the rest of the year is going to fly by <laughs> equally, equally fast when I look at scheduling and everything else that's going on. Exactly. There seems to be a For lot sure. going on different, uh, I mean, we're busier than we've ever been. I know that much with uh, different trips. I know we have a uh, uh, assessment, uh, site assessment we're doing end of the month that's coming up. I know um, New England's on the map. I know we've already booked essentials for next year in uh, March. So, yep. I mean, that, that calendar's filling up. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And I will uh, I will take the opportunity to plug the website. So if you uh, are interested or are cu curious where we are or what we're doing or looking for, for training or conference information, uh, you're welcome to visit our website at churchsafetyguys.com. And if you click on the, the conferences and events section, uh, there's a, a, a pretty accurate running tab of uh, where where we are, who who we're doing stuff with, and and uh, what's going on, and so um, right now, tentatively, we have uh, we have a workshop, uh, half day workshop planned in uh, New Hampshire that I will be at, uh, and then um, we also have um, the date has been penciled in for. Uh, the Church Security Essentials, that's going to be in, in uh, outside of St. Louis in O'Fallon uh, in March of next year. And we don't have uh, tickets available quite yet for that um, because that's the tickets are being hosted by the um, by our host church uh, that invited us out. But uh, we are going to uh, let you guys know when those are available and you can go in and, and purchase tickets for you and your team and um, certainly uh, come out and meet us. We do have most of the lineup, I believe, and it will be Mike and I uh, will be out there for the for a, a day, uh, one day conference. And then uh, John Riley will be joining us uh, and going over de-escalation from uh, general response. And then Dwayne Harris will also be joining us from Full Armor Church. Uh, and so really looking forward to having the opportunity to, to be with those guys again. And uh, we're, really, the, we're really pushing the, the idea, at least for, for the conference, is um, to be beneficial to churches that haven't started teams as well as, you know, churches that have. So we have a, a wide range of topics um, that we're going to be going over and covering and I'm I'm pretty excited about the the lineup for that. I think I think, I think it'll it be pretty good. Well. Yeah, I, I mean yeah. given given the uh, the showing as as far as uh, people engaging in Dallas uh, last month, 
where we were able to go to the NOC SSM conference. Uh, yeah. the, 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 the vast majority of folks, uh, we saw a wide range uh, of people that were interested in uh, both the startup uh, questions and, and just getting started. Uh, but there was also plenty of folks that sat, uh, came up to the table and really kind of wanted to talk more about, okay, our coaching options. And sure. what does that look like on how we help them work through a challenging transition of a leader? Um, they're opening another campus. They're adding uh, um, another layer of leadership. What does that look like? Should they have an oversight pastor for this role? Um, we've answered a lot of different questions and it, it was a good, it was a good cross section. It was. And the reality is we, um, when, when you said we're as busy as ever, that is very accurate because, uh, we still have resources, um, that we're putting out. In fact, uh, we have a date, um, tentative, tentative date, October 3rd, uh, for equip, which is the, the newest ministry life cycle, uh, book. And um, I can tell you, <laughs> Mike's laughing because he's no, he knows where I'm going with this. But yep. um, I can tell you that uh, I had, what was it this? Well, actually, it was this week, I had uh, knee surgery. And so I was kind of down on the couch with my, um, with my tablet and typing. And um, pretty much at any time that Mike, like reached out to me and said, Hey, what, what are you up to? I was like typing. I'm, I'm, I'm writing. <laughs> yep. Well, it's good. I mean, so, we, we, I know this has been, this has been a longer gap between, uh, um, uh, engage and now equip. I think that it took a little bit more time, but I think, uh, we really wanted to unpack this one more, um, than I think we have in some of the others so far. Yeah. Um, I mean, this is the meatiest one we've written yet. It has the most to this uh, stage or phase of the life cycle. So there's a lot here, and uh, it meant that there's a lot to write about. And we want to make sure that we covered the, the right things in the right way and, and not just fill it up. Uh, I think there's some books that we've seen out there that are, are a little bit more filler uh, and w same sort of concepts. But this was really about unpacking the idea of equipping is is more than just equipment and that it is really about how do you prepare your team with the right skills and the right sort of uh demeanor and planning and structure so you can onboard them and and be set up for success to then build tr a training program on top of and so of course training comes sure. out as the next one after equip which we're as we get this one out, that, that, that'll be next on our plate. <laughs> For sure. And, you know, we have, I mean, a lot of other stuff going. We're hoping, hoping mm -hmm. to have training out um, or train out uh, in January. And uh, we also have uh, a couple of new devotionals we're working on and uh, a few other um, really helpful resources. So definitely, um, yeah. you know, visit our website and uh we'll we'll post uh i want to we'll mention the uh the college degree program as well because i think now's the time as we go into fall people are thinking back to school and and that sort sort of thing but you may not always be thinking about that from a, a church security standpoint but 
Uh, we do have a church safety and security program. Uh, it is both a option of a certificate, a one-year yep. program, or a two-year associate's degree. And so uh, certainly as you're starting to think about that now towards the end of the year, uh, enrolling for January would be a great time. Start out with the new calendar year whether that's a new year resolution or whether that's just realizing that, hey, you want to invest more in yourself. You want to invest more in what you're bringing to your team as a leader. Um, it's a great opportunity for you to do so. For sure. And it's it's designed from the aspect of uh, understanding from leadership and also uh, for for individual lay volunteers that maybe don't have the public safety background or information uh, but it's uh, it's crafted well, and there's a lot of great content in that. So if you have any any further questions on that, feel free to reach out to us, and you can do that through our website. And uh, we're happy to get back to you as soon as as soon as we can. So of course today, remembering I I don't want to uh, I don't want to overlook it, but remembering. Uh, September 11th, and uh, this our our broadcast happened to fall on that day. And of course, you know, if you were with us, you saw the video uh, that we played at the beginning. Um, we had a great today at at church. We had a great uh, video and and discussion. And and one of uh, one of the gentlemen uh, that's one of our elders at church spoke and. Uh, two of his sons are now in the military serving because of September 11th. And so he, he shared uh, how that motivated them um, to serve. And, and uh, what was interesting to me is I didn't want to, I certainly didn't want to forget it. I remember it. I know you, you know, you remember it. We, to, to us for a younger generation, it, it strikes us as something as tragic as obviously as, a president being shot or war or, you know, a lot of times I've heard people refer to it as like Pearl Harbor of, you know, the modern, modern time. And that's fine. I, I think it's, I, I just want to say, I think it's important um, to remember and to reflect. And I I was part of a, another, I'm part of another group on social media that uh, is pastors and church planners, and they were talking about someone posted, hey, should we, should we do anything special today for September 11th? And it, it really disappointed me how many uh, individuals and how many pastors came back and said, no, we're not doing anything. Don't, don't hit that. One guy, one guy called it a hornet's nest. He's like, don't hit that hornet's nest. Don't talk about that. We don't need to. And then one, one guy, yeah, one guy, I I was like, what's wrong with that? Like we're, we're remembering heroes that sacrificed, made the, paid the ultimate sacrifice and continue to do with the military for our benefit. And, um, you know, this, this individual kind of came unglued and said, well, no, you need to keep the main thing, the main thing. And I'm like, well, what's the main thing? And so then he jumped on me and he's like, well, you know, Jesus is the main thing. And I, and I said, you know, I responded, um, to him and I said, well, I'm, I'm pretty sure that Jesus would have said to remember and to be grateful for those that sacrificed their lives. Like, he did, uh, because he did make the comment, greater love hath no man than this. Yep. 
And so I'm like, I think Jesus would be okay with that. And oh my goodness, he, this, this gentleman who was a pastor just came unglued and he's like, I can't believe you'd say that, uh, you know, you asked me if Jesus, you know, what's the main focus and all this stuff. And I'm like, whoa, well, well <laughs> but, that, that is a hornet's nest right there is the idea that not nine 11, but really the fact that we have modern day pastors that are not necessarily preaching from scripture. They're preaching from other books sure. and not even attributing it. They're preaching from different sources and uh, it, it's, that aren't even necessarily uh, biblical in any sense and, and, and <laughs> yeah, passing it off. I'm like, there, there's so many different mm -hmm. pieces. So I, that's a hornet's nest. <laughs> it is. And I, you know, it was just interesting. One of the, one of the pastors, in fact, the pastor at my church asked me a couple of days ago and he said, you know, you, he's like, you, you know, you're, you come from, a public safety background. What do you, what do you think? And, you know, should we do something for uh, September 11th? And I said, absolutely, you know, without a, without a doubt, because, and again, I, I refer back to, and I've referred to this, this passage before, um, but I, I refer back to in the old Testament in, in Joshua chapter four, where, you know, God commanded the Israelites through Joshua to build mo monuments and build memorials to show where they had been to, you know, remind them that's where we were. This is where we are now. And so um, at the beginning of the broadcast, if you if you missed that that video that we um, that we added or that I added, I felt I felt summarized my feelings on that very well. Yeah. And, and that's why we added it. But. Um, so tonight, or on this broadcast, if you're listening at a later time, uh, we are uh, going to talk with Greg Hopkins, and uh, Greg has graciously uh, agreed to come back and join us again, and uh, I'll bring him in here. So again, welcome, Greg. Thanks so much for, for hanging out with us. Thank you for having me, gentlemen. Always glad to be on. It's always a testament that... Uh... When we have a guest that doesn't just that they wanted to come on, we have a guest that wants to come back because that really yeah. says something. <laughs> For sure. But I will I will say that your your reputation certainly precedes you because I've had quite a few folks reach out to me and say, hey, what was that? What was that book that uh, that Greg wrote? So hopefully um, I was able to send them your way. But you. Um, I'll just just for those that might not know who you are, I'll, I'll mention real quick. You are uh, a famous attorney in Alabama. <laughs> and I think and, notorious is more. Uh, <laughs> oh, notorious. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, in in Ohio here, I'm probably the uh, in Ohio. Oh, I'm in Alabama. Sorry, folks. Uh, <laughs> my senility is galloping. Uh, the uh, uh, in Alabama, I'm the uh, only. Uh, attorney that I know of that actually teaches the law of self-defense, of concealed carry, of uh, um, where, where you can go and where you can't go with a firearm, and uh, how to conduct yourself uh, after a use of force incident, and what to say, what not to say to the cops, and the uh, psychophysiological effects of sure. the use of force incident and why you are not a good witness for yourself <laughs> right at the moment uh, that uh, it's over. So 
uh, I've been doing it since 1991 when I was city prosecutor that year. uh, I was there for, I was a Huntsville city prosecutor for uh, seven and a half years. And then part of my job was to train the police department on use of force. And from that, I developed the course that I developed for citizens. And since 2009, I've been training church security teams as well. So um, I have a little notoriety and uh, (laughs) I have a book and uh, that's bought me probably the uh, fame and uh, <laughs> wealth of the best ballerina in Galveston, Texas. I think so. I'm doing all right. <laughs> I'll hold it up there. Yes, that's it. A time to kill the Bible and self-defense. I taught Bible for 40 years, and uh, the uh, uh, this this was part of a uh, just a personal start. I was a personal Bible study as to whether I could defend myself or not. Interesting. I think I, I would almost say most of our resources started the same way <laughs> yeah. where we were, we were just like, you know what, we have, we have someone asking us about this. And if one person is asking, then maybe a few others are, and the rest is kind of history. So <laughs> sounds really familiar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so basically if I told I warn people, it's a Christian gun nut lawyers, um, <laughs> interpretation of the Bible, uh, but I try to show that uh, in our well, one of the things that uh, secularism is trying to bury in our country is the uh, Christian base of this country's founding, <clears throat> and uh, I show. I talk about the kidnapping statute in my state and. When I talk about you know, Moses killing the Egyptian, the assault statutes and so on, and burglary statutes and so on and so on. So trying to weave it all together. For sure. And you do, I mean, you do a fantastic job of that. Uh, it is very, uh, very inclusive and reading through it, um, you don't leave you don't leave any to, to question because there have been a few times where I've had, I know I've, I've used it as a resource and I've had folks reach out to me and say, well, you know, what about this or that in self-defense? And, um, I had a, a few years ago, I had the opportunity to, uh, to teach some missionary, uh, missionary pilots, how to use firearms and go through some training and uh, we were all done. We we're wrapping up for the day. And one of the pilots actually asked me, he said, so what would you say to, you know, to answer this? We're supposed to be, you know, we're supposed to be uh, witnessing to people and evangelizing, but you just trained us all in firearms and how to defend ourselves. And uh, so it was funny. I, I, it kind of took like the question kind of took me by surprise because I wasn't expecting them to ask me that. But ultimately, uh, you know, I was able to go back through and uh, offer some scripture references and and uh, put it kind of put it in context. But I love how uh, you've done that. You've gone from the Old Testament to the New Testament and just kind of walked through uh, some of those verses and, and just giving uh, and also have given very practical examples along with 
uh, just different stories and illustrations from your life and your, your personal experience on um, why that's important and, and uh, what the Bible says on it. So definitely, a, definitely a great resource. Um, and uh, I always like to always like to encourage folks if you haven't picked up a copy to, to do that. Um, one of the things that, that I, I notice, and every time I read it, I get something different out of something positive, different. out of it. <laughs> um, But uh, one thing I, I just noticed not too long ago was you have a section in the, in the front of the book that um, talks about having a heart of gratitude and uh, I, that really impressed on me because uh, Mike and I talk about that all the time uh, as a foundation for serving and, and uh, a foundation for our leadership models and, you know, doing uh, church safety and security from a ministry perspective. So, um, you know, seeing that, it just it encourages me. And I always love it when, when we connect with folks that are, are like-minded in that way. Well, in, in your book, uh, James, in, in your safety and security book for churches, uh, you hit upon something that, that I, I totally missed uh, when, when I wrote the book. And it, it was the fact that, that God actually introduces the responsibility of self-defense in, in uh, the Genesis in, uh, with Adam and sure. Eve. When, when, and this is really important yep. because... <clears throat> from the very, and it also has to do with the attitude of gratitude. Is, sure. is when, when God told um, Adam to tend the garden and keep it, that keeping has mm-hmm. to do with with preserving and protecting. Sure. And it is uh, so he had the responsibility to defend, which means he he uh, fell down on his responsibility because he let Satan get to Eve. And he, he, uh, he should have been the first one to encounter the serpent, and he should have been the first one to throw him out bodily. Uh, but he, he failed in that. But it's, it, and, and perhaps it's a failure of gratitude, and maybe it's because, uh, it's kind of like I say, uh, the only reason babies eat baby food is they don't have anything to compare it to, you know. Is it, it's the same thing with Adam and Eve. I mean, that they've got this perfect life, and they have nothing to compare it to. And sure. perhaps Adam was not properly grateful, uh, simply because he didn't have. But well, here's the other side. <laughs> if, if you mess up, but in any case, uh, the attitude of gratitude is what. If you know, I just had a uh, well yesterday. I was talking to he's the he's the leader of our local Bamakari group, and he said uh, he was in a discussion with with some people, and he said, "Look, when when I go out armed, he says I'm not just armed for myself. I'm armed for the lady in the in the next aisle on Kroger's as well. And sure. it's, it, 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 we are armed and prepared in order to serve." And, and some people don't quite get the idea that service might be having to take a bad guy out, you know, hurting him or actually killing him. Uh, but it, this morning when, when I walked into church, I, I went up to one of the security people and I trained this, this unit about four years ago and started talking. I said, do you have any extra 
the things going on for 9-11. She said, no, as a matter of fact, the regular head of the, of the, the team today wasn't here, and I'm the backup, and I've got only two people here besides me. And now we're, we're talking about, uh, you know, 500 people coming in for two services, uh, sure. 500 at each service. And they've only got three people to cover that day. And uh, this is, um, we know from, uh, you know, U.S. security and law enforcement sites that uh, radical terrorists have targeted, is one of their major uh, targets is, is churches. And they like to hit on anniversaries. And Absolutely. It, uh, so it, those are the times that we, we need to think about, you know, how grateful am I for all these great people at church? And what would I like to do to thank God for them? And some of us preach and some of us teach and, and some of us stand guard at the doors. <laughs> so, Amen. And I love that sure. reference back to Genesis as well. And, and I think some look at it in the interpretation of it is to work it and watch over it. And so that mm -hmm. watch over is that protection of individuals of, of ourselves uh, of Adam and Eve in the garden, but literally all that God has given, we are tasked and have the responsibility and duty to watch over it. And so, so that it is not taken over by uh, evil hands. It yeah. is meant to be watched over. So watching over in a true sense uh, is then, if we extrapolate that further, the word watch over or guard or, or protect, uh, we can find elsewhere in the Bible as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> For sure. And, you know, there's other passages, certainly, um, in, in scripture, uh, that, that I come across or that I've used, I know I've used several times, but, um, I think the one, the one that comes to my mind at the moment is Romans 12, 12 and 13. Mm -hmm. And it's, you know, the apostle Paul is saying very specifically that, um, that we need to be hospitable to others and that we need to care for others and um, we need to have uh, have that mindset. And, you know, th throughout the New Testament, there's many, many different uh, exhortations to the New Testament church saying that, saying that, you know what, if you don't care, if you don't provide, if you don't do the best you can, to uh, to help individuals, then you're worse than an unbeliever. Mm -hmm. And in in some cases, you know, we seem to miss that. And and I'm not sure. I think honestly, sometimes we miss it because we we think that it should look different than you know today than it did maybe back in the Apostle Paul's time. And maybe that does look a, a tiny bit different as far as hospitality and what that is and that sort of thing. But the the reality is um, we have, you know, we have an obligation to be able to um, to reach out in our community and protect those that are around us. And the idea, like you said earlier, Greg, of, you know, when I when I go to the store uh, and go grocery shopping, I, you know, I do when I leave my house, I usually have a firearm on. You know, I, that's just in my habits. That's, that's yeah. one thing that I do. And, you know, it, you're absolutely right. It's not always for me or my family that I'm with. It's, you know, it, it has that ripple effect where it goes to those that are around me. And if I happen to go, you know, to the grocery store and something crazy is going on, then, um, 
you know, I, I pray for wisdom and, and knowledge to make the right choices and do the right things and, you know, and help others as much as I would want to protect myself and my family. And, uh, I think that when we look at the, the church as a whole, I think we've seen amazing strides in the last five, five and 10 years for churches to be more prepared. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, we still have a long ways to go with, um, with embracing that, you know, that, uh, ideology that, you know, we, we have a responsibility to take care of people that come to us and that are in our community. Mike, were you going to follow that up? It looked like you were going to say something. Well, I, I had another thought. I was going to go in a different direction. I was going to leave space in case it was going to stay there. Um, but I think, too, is, is looking at it um, also from a standpoint of as leadership of a church or as security leaders in a church, we are in a, a form of governing authority in that, in that position. And that authority has been blessed by leadership of that church, has been blessed in the word itself to watch over. And so when we're acting uh, responsibly in that responsibility, we are doing so as that governing authority. And of course, the Bible uh, speaks to uh, submitting to that rightful governing authority as well. So we're operating within that range as a duty to protect, as a watch o- watching over but also the flock has that, that duty also to essentially uh, submit to the governing authority in that sense, which is in when they're worshiping or participating in that given church, um, they're in that uh, set of rules, policies, guidelines, and structure up and until uh, it might be a situation where first responders are involved, et cetera. And, and that's where... Like James and I have talked about it before is you got an incident. Well, then you have incident command. Well, you then may pass that incident command structure over to first responders when somebody arrives on scene. So it's a progression where even that governing authority shifts over time based on the severity or level of incident. Excellent point. That's a good point. The, um, you know, Paul, uh, when he was saying his goodbye to the Ephesian elders, uh, he told them, you know, to protect the flock. Now he was specific, specifically talking about, the, you know, prote- protect them from false teachers and false teachings. But at the same time, there is that uh, that responsibility. Uh, Mike it makes you that makes me remember what, what my dad said to my wife to be and I about a week before our wedding. He said, uh, you know, being a husband is kind of like uh, being an elder. It's not so much a position of authority as it is a position of responsibility, and uh, it's uh, it, it means that we need to be reasonable with the people that uh, we're working with and and um, help teach them what needs to be done. One of the things is protection, definitely. Absolutely, and <laughs> I I noticed that you uh, one of the stories that you shared in your in your book, Greg, was about your your dad working a long distance away and your mom getting a, a phone threat, mm-hmm. and uh, I that really resonated with me because um, my dad growing up, my dad uh, always used to work third shift, oh. and so when he went to and and he would work probably 
you know, 40, 40 minute drive away. Mm -hmm. uh, but whenever he left, he would leave at two thirty, three o'clock in the afternoon. Mm -hmm. And he would tell me, he would say, you know, Hey, there's, uh, you know, there's a 38 up on the, uh, up on the beds, you know, headboard mm -hmm. of the bed. He always had a box up there with, mm -hmm. with that. Um, and it was loaded and it always had, uh, extra rounds in it. And mm -hmm. he would say, you know, as he was leaving, you know, he would give me a hug and say, Hey, keep an eye on your mom, look after your mom, that's your job. And then, you know, he would leave. And I, I don't think to this day, I don't think I've had a conversation with him about how impactful that in, in my mind that, that, that was, because to me, it was prioritizing the value of taking care of your home and being responsible and understanding, right. look, you're, you know, and, and my dad would say it, you know, you're the man, you're in charge, you're, and it was, it was never done in some, you know, um, I don't know, anti-discriminatory way or sexist way. It was just, you know, guess what? You're, I'm not here. You're in charge of the house and your responsibility ultimately is make sure that your mom stays safe and everybody else stays safe. And so, uh, you know, and that's, that's something that from a family standpoint, you know, we've tried to pass on as, as well, you know, to our kids that, you know, you have, you have an obligation to protect those in your home. And, and, uh, thankfully we have, we still have the ability to defend ourselves and, and do that. And, you know, from a biblical standpoint that carries over to the church as well and, and having, an obligation and a responsibility to protect those around us, you know, at, at church. So. Well, when Jesus said, said, uh, you know, do unto others as, as you would want them to do unto you. I mean, it, you th think about that. Uh, it's, uh, and, and, you know, whatever I wish done to me, I ought to, to do for others. And it's, it's that attitude of gratitude for having a mom, for instance, that you say, uh, yeah, she's pretty special. I need to protect her, and she would want to be protected. And that it's uh, when we, and then of course, do unto others actually comes from Leviticus sixteen eighteen, uh, where it says, "You shall love your neighbor as yourself." Well, that means that uh, if if my neighbor's house is on fire, I need to turn my hose on it, <laughs> you know, on his sure. house, or and if someone's breaking into his house, I need to help him out. Uh, if it, or if his, his car is a flat tire, I need to help him fix it, whatever that happens to be. So it, we, um, you know, it, I, I, I think we, it, it helps us refocus our idea of the necessity of self-defense if we continue to think about our, how grateful we are to God for the people in our life. It's an interesting, definitely an interesting, uh, interesting perspective. I hadn't, one I hadn't necessarily thought of. I, I think a lot of times I think of, of gratitude as being more your, I guess your direct relationship with, with God. But at the same time, I mean, there's, there's plenty, plenty of scripture references about children being a blessing and a gift and so if, if that connects, you know, if you're, if we're, if we're connecting the dots, then you would have yeah. to say that you would have to say, okay, you know what, 
for for me being grateful i i have the responsibility to take care of and protect and um and i and i think to an extent i think we we've been seeing a lot of that too where um you know mike and i have talked to to a lot of churches lately that have had more like in coaching and different things like that have had more mental health concerns and and you know different aspects of um, attitude and cultural cultural influences and different things like that. And I think usually what we base it on when we talk about like our our um, our leadership model is that the reality is you know having a heart and attitude of gratitude is is a foundational concept. And when you have that, um, and that's established, then a lot of times you're filtering everything through that. At the same time, that um, that demonstrates a value because when we, as individuals, when we get depressed a lot of times, or when we run into problems, or we have issues with people or whatnot, um, you know, oftentimes when I when I experience that, I look at you know what's my relationship with God like what it, you know, how is my relationship? Because how my relationship is with him is going to affect and impact everything else. And so from that standpoint, when I run everything through that filter, oftentimes I can see that, you know what, my relationship with God isn't really where it should be because I'm responding in this way, or I'm doing, I'm making these choices. And so from, from a, um, a perspective of the church and mental health. I think a lot of times um, when we don't realize that we have that value and what's, what's that value? Well, the value is that God sent his son for us um, to have a relationship with us and to take care of, you know, take care of our sin from that standpoint, you know, we have value in God's eyes because he chose to do that. And so when I recognize, when I, when I come to, to God and I'm grateful and I have that attitude of gratitude, you know, I'm recognizing the value that he placed in me, not of myself, but all of a sudden, you know, he's, I'm realizing, okay, wait a second, I do have value. And, you know, that, that boosts me, that helps me to get through whatever I'm getting through and gives me hope to be able to say, you know what? I, I can handle this in this direction because, um, you know, because God, God sees me as this, at this level, it doesn't matter what's going on. So, but I'm going to add another, another element to it is not, we talk all about the attitude, the gratitude, but there's also aptitude. And I think in the world of church safety and security, the aptitude, the potential somebody has, the the desire or fitness for purpose the person then has to serve in the capacity as a protector is a duty that we as leaders have to look at. We have to understand, is that person a fit for this type of a role? Can they do the duty that is necessary? And we do also find that those that are suited for it still may have that mental health challenge. And I think we're seeing more of that happen as you get churches that are having a deal, maybe not necessarily with a shooter, although that's, of course, what everyone is, is pushing, is that active shooters, active shooter. But it really is even in, you have a really tough medical situation. You have a really tough evacuation. You had a fire call or whatever it might be. 
and you have some of these leaders that are that are they're crumbling under the weight of the stress and the anxiety of actually dealing with a crisis moment is that while they they are in that for the moment they're not necessarily equipping themselves or preparing for that uh, the consequential moment where they might have to respond mm-hmm. uh, and that's that's a difference as well so the, the having the right attitude also with the aptitude but also that gratitude so i think there's all three and that, yeah that's right that's right yeah. for sure well um one of the questions and i'll i'll throw it over to you greg but one of the questions that we get asked uh a lot and i don't want to miss miss it because i'm i i want to hear what you <laughs> what from your book what you have to say on it but um oftentimes folks will say well you know why you know just the standard question why why would you have a safety team or we kind of talked about about the fundamentals of that and protecting and and that sort of thing um, but I love in your book because you you cover the topic of Jesus being a pacifist and um, if you would just kind of jump into that a little bit and uh, because oftentimes we'll have people say well Jesus never carried a sword or Jesus always said love your enemies and you know and treat people different so uh, what are your what are your thoughts on that? Well, the, if, uh, <clears throat> the question is often said, well, when you say, well, Jesus carry an AR-15. Uh, it's it's kind of like, uh, all right, you people have your WWJD wristband. Uh, what would Jesus actually do? Well, it's uh, the the thing is that, that first of all, we have to understand that Jesus was a person with a divine mission, and as long as he kept to that divine mission, he was going to accomplish it. And there were all kinds of things and people that were trying to pull him in this direction, that direction. Um, but in order to complete that divine mission, he could do certain things. He could he could heal the sick, for instance, by, simply by a touch or even by a word at, at a remote distance. And so we say, okay, um, my kid's got a compound fracture from being run over by a big kid in a, a soccer game. All right, so... Uh, I, can can I uh, heal him? Well, it, it's probably not going to happen. So, but I can take him to the ER at 100 miles an hour and throw him on a gurney and let a doctor do it. And that is is part of the way that God has provided for us is to allow us to have inquiring minds that can understand His world and we can have science and things like that. I use the example of uh, I was a lifeguard for seven years, uh, high school through college and after. And, and the, you know, well, what's hap- what happens if a, if a guy is drowning 100 yards from shore? Well, if I don't have, if, I as, if I'm as I am right now, if I don't have a boat to go get him, you know, I just wave bye-bye, you know, because <laughs> it's uh, one of the first things you learn in lifeguarding is, is don't get two people drowned going out and doing something stupid. But what would Jesus do? Well, he, he could part the water. He could walk on the water to the guy. He could fly over and just grab him. You know, but we can't do that because we are not Jesus. Jesus was under divine protection. You know, he so they tried to kill him. How many times does it say that? And they you know, moved to arrest him or kill him or whatever. And he just it wasn't walked. his time. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And, you know, they even sent the temple guard to get him, and they came back and said, "Here you come." Well, where, where is Jesus? We told him, "We never heard anybody talk like that guy, man. You got to listen to him." And of course, <laughs> they, they were <laughs> got in trouble, but the. The point here is that Jesus had a mission and he didn't 
have to use those kind of things. Now, when he wanted to teach a lesson uh, about the uh, a bad example, which was cheating the people at the tables in the outer court there, the court of the Gentiles, the he, Jesus uh, got physical with them. Um, so at some times, Jesus said, "We can we can do something like this." But people say, well, 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 Jesus, actually, well, he didn't have to. He didn't need to. And especially in the garden, he had to go as a willing sacrifice. If he had fought or allowed any of the disciples to fight, then it would have messed up the whole situation. And so the um, uh, when we come to it, he says, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. The Greek there implies a it is not a person who's very mousy and and uh refuses to get involved with anything it is an image of a trained a highly trained war horse think of uh, alexander the great's uh, mount bucephalus um the uh the, the war horses uh, can be very gentle when they have to but when they're sent into battle they will actually bite the enemy they will use their hooves to to uh to kill or, or injure, uh, they'll fight just li like their masters will. They're, or a, uh, a well-trained hunting dog. It means someone who is so engulfed in surrendering to God's will that they'll do anything God asks him for a certain thing. That's what Jesus meant by weak. And so when, he, when you work through the, the Beatitudes and you get to the next part where he talks about being angry with someone and so on, and then he talks about um, you know, uh, agree with a person before you get you get to court and forgive. I'm sorry, you get to court later with forgive someone before you leave your offering. Then he talks about divorce. It's not that he's skipping from subject to subject. This is all about how we're supposed to treat people. Because when you get up to Matthew 7, 12, and he says, therefore, uh, whatsoever you would have men do to you, do to them also. All right. Well, every time you see therefore, then you need to look at the context of, the, of what the speaker is saying the last few paragraphs, chapters back and say, what is it there for? He was talking the whole time about how God wants us to treat people as we would uh, want to be treated. And so you you get to the part where he says, and if man slaps you on, on his right cheek, well, what he's talking about there is relationship. He's not talking about uh, someone who jumps out of an alley with a, a butcher knife and says, your money or your life. He's saying that it, it is the person who insults us. The reason I say this is because he, he says, if someone smites you on the right cheek, well, to smite you on the right cheek, he's got to use his left hand. And long before Jesus, uh, the, it, uh, in the Middle East and the Mediterranean, the I mean, even the Greeks, uh, you use your left hand to wipe your bottom, all right? So it's clear that, and, and the slap uh, like this in Hebrew culture was used against a, a slave who was being smart alecky or uppity or a teenager doing the same thing. It was not an attack in order to actually wound, but to embarrass. 
see. Sure. So when we got that boss that uh, you, you never can do anything right, when you got the little old lady <laughs> in the in the choir that that uh, is always griping about your daughter, her skirts are too short, her you know, her, and and her you know that makeup, <laughs> you know, all this kind of thing. That's back in those situations. Uh, <clears throat> now. Um, we go on down, you, you see, he's, he says, you know, you agree on, on court thing. And uh, the then comes to go the second mile. And the, the situation there is that that uh, ever, back then, a Roman soldier could make someone carry his pack. They were very heavy. They were maybe 60, 70 pounds, like a soldier's um, build out today. And a Jew had to do it. Now, if I'm the Jew, and I say, I say, hey, my name is Joshua. <laughs> What's your name? Marcus. Okay. Hey, where are you from in Italy? Brindusium. Oh, I hear that's a happening place. Hey, you want to hear a joke? The Pontifex Maximus and, and the high priest walk into a bar. And the whole time, this guy is this Roman is thinking, yeah, yeah, I know what you guys think. You call us goyim. That means cattle. For crying out loud, man, as soon as we hit that milestone, you're going to drop my pack out and run like I've got them. As a you little hypocrite, okay? <laughs> you see, if we do anything, even if we claim to do it for God, under compulsion, under the law, under something someone makes us do, you know, think again, jobs, you know, our, our jobs, our bosses, all this kind of, there is no witness. Why? Because the the uh, boss is, is says, well, he's afraid I'm going to fire him. That's why he won't. And just like the Romans said, he's afraid of my sword and the law, you see. But if we hit the second mile and I say, you know, Marcus, I think I'm getting my second win. You know, mind, mind if I go along? I said, I just look like you better. <laughs> I'm no longer under compulsion. And now a witness occurs because he knows I'm here for him and for Jesus, not for any other reason, you see. And so Jesus was, was um, he was trying to teach us that there, uh, at that, that, that point about turning the other cheek, that we are, we can only, by turning the other cheek, we gain that witness. And maybe not to the person who just slapped us. But or said something nasty, but to anyone watching and anyone who hears about it, we are um, a witness to them. And that's where the witness begins. Now, Jesus was, was not a pacifist because, for instance, he endorsed killing a burglar um, based on, uh, as, uh, do, uh, excuse me, uh, ex Exodus. Um, from the night, and uh, I just <laughs> forgot the chapter completely. Exodus twenty-two, uh, verse three: If a thief is found breaking in, then uh, he can be killed at night. You know? And so Jesus uh, just sure. he used some analogies about binding Satan. But look at the analogy he used: something that every Jew would get because they knew that it was common sense. And he says, "So if you want to enter a strong man's house, you must first bind him." And see, is, is, or uh, you know, you're not going to get in. He's going to prevent you. Is the is the subtext? If you look in Luke, he says, 
This, uh, but if uh, if a man comes in and he binds the strong man, he will take his arms and armor. Okay, so the strong man is not only strong, but he will be armed and he may have defensive armor. And as Masad Ayub told us in class one day when I took his course, he said, "You know, we got to figure if you're going to be sending bullets in a situation, you're sending bullets outward." There's probably going to be some bullets coming inward, so you might want to think about armor. <laughs> but the point here is that, that Jesus um, did not ever say, don't hurt nobody for no reason, you know, uh, for any reason. It, yeah, it's, right. he, he was telling us to you know, be on God's side, but, it's, but sometimes there are just evil things that we cannot meet in any way except with countervailing force for sure <clears throat> well mike do you want to go ahead and, and wrap up because i know we're we're kind of running out of time yeah, unfortunately <laughs> last couple minutes here I, I think really one of the one of the references that has always struck me is really kind of that wisdom comes from heaven so in james and you're really talking through that that discernment that idea of we don't want to ever act in a vengeful or spiteful way that retaliation itself would be bad, but exactly. acting in defense of, not in offense of, uh, to your point of turning the other cheek, I think that's where it comes, is that we in that role and as a protector, standing watch, holding that responsibility, need to always make sure that we're praying for that wisdom and that yes. we are embodying that so that if we are called to act, that we're doing so in the right realm. And, and see, an act of self-defense will always be an emergency panic situation because the the bad guy, you know, has the the, the privilege of the first move, and that's one of the re the reason. <clears throat> so we need to pray before we're in these situations that God will give us wisdom, like you said, because the <clears throat> uh, sorry <laughs> the um, oh you. You got me inspired, Mike, and then I lost it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the uh, hang on, I'm sorry. This just uh, this is why yeah, I got it again. In my classes, one of the things I do, which a lot of instructors don't do, is I make sure when I go through the 10, 15 different crimes in which deadly force can be used, and when and then when I talk about non-deadly force, I say, all right, this is where this crime ends. Said, well, you mean if the robber grabs my wallet and, and, and then he turns around and runs, I can't pull my gun then and shoot him in the back? No. <laughs> no. I said, well, 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 the guy's stealing my car and I walk out of my house, I can't shoot him as he drives down? No. <laughs> it's over. Is he, is he, if you if you catch a guy trying to rape your daughter, is it and you come in with your gun and he jumps out the window with no pants on, you can't stitch ten rounds of nine millimeter up his back <laughs> to teach him a lesson. You know, it's <laughs> it's just ridiculous. But see, people don't even know that. You know, they hmm. uh, and and so and that's where we can get into the idea of of uh, well, I'm going to teach him a lesson. That's what the justice system is for. It, uh, it's not our job to teach them a, le a lesson. It's our job to preserve, protect, and defend. And But if we don't know where legally we're supposed to stop, it's very easy to fall into 
uh, you know, well, he needed killing. <laughs> For sure. Well, we, uh, we're, we're pretty much out of time. And, uh, so we, we, uh, definitely need to wrap stuff up, but as always, Greg, really appreciate you coming on here and, uh, and joining us. And I will, um, do another shout out. So the, the book that Greg wrote is a time to kill. And it's on uh, Amazon, just Greg Hopkins, a time to kill. You'll find it. And yep. <laughs> uh, if you like it, I appreciate you doing a review for me. Yeah, definitely. Um, definitely, uh, pick up a copy and, uh, mm-hmm. there's, there's some great talking points in it. Great, uh, great references. And, um, Greg takes a, a sometimes dry topic and adds a lot of flavor to it through <laughs> stories and personal, uh, personal examples and that sort of thing. So you definitely, um, definitely don't want to miss it. So, well, thank you, brothers. I, I, I really am, am uh, gratified that you all asked me on. I'm, uh, I'm glad to be here anytime. And uh, please, I'll keep I'll pray for your ministry and uh, appreciate it. work. <laughs> okay. Appreciate that. Awesome. Good to see you, Greg. Thank you. All right. So real quick, we'll wrap up, but, uh, just want to say if, uh, if you are in new England for our new England folks listening, um, visit our website at churchsafetyconference.com and you can pick up tickets to our workshop, uh, which is coming up in October, uh, Columbus day weekend. So it would be October 8th. Um, and we have a unique format that we're trying for that, but uh, it's going to be a great morning uh, going through setting up a, a safety team. Very limited. Um, we don't have many tickets left. I think we may have about 20, um, and that's about it because it is very limited and, and uh, the, the venue is very small. Um, but uh, if you have any questions, you can reach out to us through our website at churchsafetyguys.com or uh, churchsafetyconference.com, and uh, you can actually uh, reserve your, your ticket there. So until next time, have a great, uh, great week. Take care. God bless. We'll talk to you soon. This hour of broadcasting brought to you by twowayradiocenter.com, a Motorola value-added reseller. Thank you for joining the Church Safety Guys broadcast brought to you by Vigilant Impact. We hope that you found it informative and we appreciate your feedback and interaction. Be sure to share our broadcast with your teams. Join the discussion online and connect with us on social media. For other great ministry resources, download the Church Security app or at our website at churchsafetyguys.com. Remember, keep a servant's heart mindset of ministry, and Semper Disciplina. Always be training. Have a blessed week.